0: Thank you for tuning in to a Centerpoint Church message. Our mission is to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We hope this message achieves that and inspires you to both grow in your faith and live it out today. Enjoy! Before we dive into this week's theme though, I gotta ask you, what's a gift you really wanted for Christmas growing up? Did you get it? Or not. (laughs) For me, like growing up, I had a few gifts I really, really wanted. I really wanted a Millennium Falcon. Anybody there with me? Anybody else want that? All right, nice. Uh, How about this one? I I really wanted a skateboard. Like, I didn't want like the Walmart skateboard. I wanted a nice skateboard. That was a big Christmas gift for me. I wanted a bass guitar that never got played. Um, I wanted a cell phone. Anybody remember those? Yeah, right? Uh, I really wanted, anybody know about, anybody want Heelys? Anybody else want Heelys? Just me? Oh. I didn't get Heelys. I still really want them. <laughs> um, I, never got into, or I really wanted an acoustic guitar, and that was really exciting for me. What was your gift that you really wanted? Do you have any guesses of like, what the most popular gift of was a decade or of a particular decade? How about the 60s? Any guesses? Etch-a-Sketch? Anybody get one of those? You don't want to share if you're old or not? Uh, so, 70s, what was it? Nerf. So the, there's a, there could be a couple options. So you might be like, eh, really, Aaron? There could be a couple options of this. But how about the 80s? Who had one of these? Okay, how about this one? 90s? The creepy Furbies, right? Who had one of these? All right. 2000s, Razor Scooter. Who still has one of these? Me. Um, okay. Um, 2010, Switch, and then 20s. The Baby Yoda, it's back. Star Wars is back. What was your gift you wanted? Now, whatever it was that you wanted for Christmas, it was amazing getting it, right? Or if you didn't get it, can't you just picture how amazing it was in your mind, right? One of my favorite scenes from, I think, the best Christmas movie series of all time, I know that's a loaded statement, the Santa Claus series, but there's a scene in Santa Claus 2 where the Santa gives gifts to adults that they were as adults that they never received as kids. Here's a little scene of it from it. It's really quick. There you are. Merry Christmas. Rock'em, sock'em, robots! Right? Who would be excited about Rock'em, sock'em, robots? It's a super cute scene, super cute movie, and it creates amazing happiness. But did it create a long-lasting joy? It's interesting because we know the happiness from stuff doesn't last. We, we can see it so clearly with our kids these days. Like that toy that they really, really want, we know isn't even going to make it like three hours into Christmas Day like before it's broken. Yet they want it so bad and we still give it to them because we want them to be happy. And they do get happy, right? For a while and then it fades. The temporal happiness we experience and what Scripture describes as joy, they're different. They're different than each other. Isaiah 51 11, it says this, Crowned with everlasting joy, sorrow and mourning will disappear, and they will be filled with joy and gladness. There will be an everlasting joy. But how? And Why? If you haven't picked up on it yet, we're talking about joy as we're in week three of Advent that follows the traditional Christian church calendar. We've covered hope, peace, and now joy. As I said in the first two weeks, if you were here, you might be like, who cares? Who cares? Like, I'm not a pastor. I'm not super religious. Why does it matter to me to follow the Christian calendar? If you're thinking that, I'd be saying the exact same thing right now. But what we're doing is we're spending four weeks here at church covering the real meaning and purpose of Advent, which is to slow you down, to slow you down during Christmas and make you reflect on what Christmas is all about. It's traditional, but we want it to be relevant and real to you today. So what is Advent even? What is it? Advent is the arrival or the coming of something. It's a tradition to think about the waiting for Jesus' arrival, His first arrival here on earth, Christmas, and all the things that people were feeling back then while waiting for Him. But then it also addresses Waiting for us today. Advent is a time where we today look forward to this promise of Jesus to come a second time to earth. The future for us. Because Jesus has promised to come to make things forever right for us, for all mankind. And you get glimpses of this throughout all of scripture. Here's one example, John 16, 22. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. And your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. That's a future joy for us to have in Jesus. So practicing Advent today, it makes us sit between the two, the past and our longing for the future. And again, this week's theme is joy. When looking at the definition of joy, it doesn't seem all that different from what we would describe as happiness. A feeling of great pleasure and happiness is the definition. But then again, when you look at Scripture, it's some, it's, it talks about something a little bit different. It says things like this. It's something no one can take away from you. John 16, No one will take your joy from you. It's full and it's everlasting. Isaiah 51, again. Crowned with everlasting joy and filled with joy. That seems to be a significant difference from a feeling of happiness, right? Do you have a joy like that? Or do you let your circumstances, your mood, or let other things fill you? If I'm real with you, I'd love to say that I'm like super joyful. I'm not. I'm not. I'd love to say that I can never have my joy be taken away from me. That is not true. I'm just not that person. Like coffee helps, right? Coffee helps me become a joyful person, but it doesn't make me joyful. I want to give you a few examples of how I kind of let joy steal or be stolen from me. Um, This week, uh, this week we were grilling. Anybody like grilling in the winter? Who grills all year round? Yeah, Wisconsin people, right? Who likes brats? Yeah, Wisconsin people. Okay, um, yeah, we're, we're grilling brats. My family loves brats. We're excited. Yay, brats, yeah. Turn the grill on, LP's out. Joy stolen. I have to go to the store. It's too late now to actually make the meal because the kids are crying. It's just, yeah. Uh, here's another example this week. I was calling about getting a new iPhone. Yay, right? Like, new phone. Like, yeah, that's fun. Like, new phone. So I called Verizon. It's exciting. But then they say, oh, let me just put you on hold. And then they never picked back up. I still don't have an iPhone, just letting you know. <laughs> Sydney and I, we, we had a fun day planned uh, this weekend. And we're, uh, to quote old school, we're going to do a little Home Depot, a little Bed, Bath & Beyond. Fun little day. And we start heading out. We're in our car. And that child, if you get, zoom up a little bit, that child I just dedicated ruined it. She cried the whole time. She stole my joy. (laughs) I have amazing moments of happiness and joy. And it's great and all, but it's definitely based off of my circumstances. Can you relate? Can you relate to a time where everything seems so promising, yet it backfires? For you, maybe your excitement is kind of like Clark Griswold. I'm going to show another little scene, Christmas movie. Who would say Christmas Family Vacation is their favorite Christmas movie? All right, I was guessing that was the case. Clark, his house, he's excited about the lights, but then like it doesn't work half the time like this scene, check it out. You out here for a reason or are you just avoiding the family? No, I still have a couple hundred more bulbs to check. In the meantime, I can light the Santa and the eight tiny reindeer and the Merry Christmas sign. That should look good. Ready? You want me to do the drum roll thing? No, it's okay, here goes nothing. And nothing, right? His joy backfires from like being so excited about Christmas to nothing because of his circumstance. For you, where does that happen? Is it maybe with a relationship? Like, they're great until they're not. Or is it with that item that's so amazing to you until it breaks or gets old? Is it a plan until it has to change? Is it a situation until it's bad? Is it maybe even a stage of life that you've been waiting for, but it's not going the way you planned or wanted I don't have to tell you things fail, right, or that they don't give full everlasting joy. But there's a joy God intends to give you, and it's meant to be different than what we are just talking about or what I just experienced. Biblical joy is not a feeling determined by what we are currently experiencing, but it's a joy based on a future destination, It's an attitude that God's people choose to adopt into their lives based on God's love and future promises. Joy, in the ancient days, it was something that people anticipated to have in the arrival of this Messiah, this Jesus to come on Christmas. In Luke 2, 10 through 11, it says, when Jesus arrives, uh, an angel goes to the shepherds and he states this, But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The news is Jesus. The one you've been hoping for is here. Rejoice. Back then, the angels are basically saying, a Messiah has come to make things right between you and God someone has come to make that relationship right again and it's going to bring you great joy forever. Not that new shepherd's hook is what he's telling them. Not that new sheep tracking GPS thing or not a tasty meal for the night, but a person, a Messiah has come to make things right between you and God. So there's joy in that for them, an everlasting joy knowing that they can be seen as made right in God's eyes through a child that will die in their place and make everything right. It's great joy, right? For us today, we can also have that. We can also have that. Yes, the Messiah has come to make the relationship right between you and God. And it should bring you really great joy to know that you can have a relationship with God. An everlasting peace and happiness to know that it's going to be okay for you in the end. You can have joy in that. And that rightness is through the person Jesus and your personal connection to him. It's not based off of your perfect actions, your hustle, your your planning, your financial decisions, not your truck or your vacation or your promotion, but you can have an everlasting joy knowing you can be made right with God permanently when you're connected with him. It's great. It's amazing. It's the Christian story, right? But for us today, it doesn't stop there. It goes one level further, because when we reflect on Advent, we get all of the feelings of joy from the past arrival of Jesus, but then we also get the future to look to, to know that Jesus will come again and make things forever right for all people, for all the earth. It's another level of joy, right? We can have joy knowing that no matter what happens in the future for us, we end with Jesus and that everything in the universe will be made right because of him. That should give you joy. And it can bring you joy no matter what you're going through, no matter what your circumstance is. Because again, joy is not based on your circumstances, but a future destiny. I gotta ask you, have you given yourself the opportunity to just sit in that joy? Joy that you can always have. I get this isn't the most riveting or life-changing message, but joy is something that God wants you to accept, to experience, to find comfort in, and then also share with others. The Bible says Christians are given joy through their connection with God. But then they also have this duty to share. I'll read a couple pa- or verses for you that shows this. Galatians 5.22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit, the connection with God, what comes out of that is love, joy, peace. First Peter 1.8, it says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. And then Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always. He's telling us this is something we must do. I will say it again, rejoice. It's something a relationship with God gives you and expects you to adopt into your own life. I mean, it's kind of the only way you can truly be joyful, Right? Sure, you can kind of be happy about anything. You can, you can fake it. But nothing else is immune to failure, to defeat, to sickness, to, to change. Nothing else is everlasting. Everlasting joy within you has to come from God, something eternal. Like, you can't fake it until you make it with joy. You just you can't muster enough of it. Like, you can fake a lot of things, right? You can fake, like, pictures. You can fake, like, what it looks like, like, on social media. of Like, oh, there's so many people here. Whoa, we did this really fun thing. And really, there's, like, it's not that fun, right? You can fake that. You can fake about how you're feeling on Sundays even. Honestly, Christians, we're we're really good at this. We're really good at faking this. Like, hey, Brother John, it's so good to be in the presence of the Lord today. Amen, amen, right? Like, it's so easy to to fake that happiness. I don't mean to call anybody out because I do it too. Sydney and I, my wife... We'll be bickering all morning, on a Sunday sometimes. It's real. On a Sunday. Like, she'll, and a lot of times they're texts, actually, because I get here earlier than her, and she'll be like, where'd you leave the keys? Of course, you have to read it in a tone that's, like, angry, right? Where'd you leave the keys? I don't know. It's like, what? <laughs> and then they're like, you seriously drank all the coffee? Those are the texts I'm getting in the morning. And then if we have someone that's watching us or watching us interact on Sunday morning, it's like, hey, babe. I was like, oh, it's good to see you. You know, how you doing this morning? You know, it's soft. We can muster happiness, right? We can fake it, but you can't fake joy. You can't fake a decision to have this hope in the power of Jesus on the earth and the power of Jesus to come in the future and have it give you joy no matter what you're going through. You can't muster that. You can't fake that. Joy comes from God. Lots of us have experienced this joy, and we desire it and know this is where our joy should come from. But you want to know our biggest issue with this? Our biggest issue is we just consistently like seeking joy in other things. We do. It said, Me, you, many of us, we're just not tired yet. We're not tired yet. We're not tired of chasing for joy through things that just bring us temporary happiness. Happiness in other stuff. It can be great. It can. But it will never fill your need for everlasting joy in your life. So this Advent, this Advent, let's stop letting it. Let's stop letting things or happiness be the root of your joy and find the joy that you can have in Jesus making your relationship right with you and God. And then the joy that you can have knowing one day things will be right for everyone in, in every place. Perfect, the way God intended. As a church, this is a, an extremely joyful time of the year. It should be. A time where no matter what your emotions are feeling during this time of year, no matter what circumstance you're going through, you can still have joy in these things. A time where you have joy in knowing Jesus came and a time you can have joy in knowing Jesus will come. So to not just let this message be head knowledge of knowing we need to be joyful, I have two actions for you today. Don't let your joy be brought on by other things this season. Set time aside to just be with God, with your family. Like, talk about the things that are bringing you real joy. Talk about the things that make you happy, but talk about the real things that are giving you everlasting joy. Do it at the dinner table before going out or before, like, Christmas happens, but do something where you reflect on that joy. Don't let it be about just the the little things that are part of the season. And then the second thing allow others to see your joy and let them know it's not because of temporary happiness. It's not because of the Christmas eggnog or the punch or the cookies or the food or the presents, but because of Jesus' arrival and his promise of a second coming at some point that you can't wait for. Share that with someone. Share that with someone through maybe an invitation to church. Share that through a social media post. Share that through your comments. But share that joy with someone and where it actually comes from. As I'm getting close to wrapping up today, I think communion as a church or as uh, people united around a belief in joy that came on Christmas and that will come one day in the future is this amazing unifier. So there are people here that are from all different races, backgrounds, socioeconomic statuses, uh, maybe even different like faith denominations, so many different upbringings, right? Even how long maybe you've been a Christian. Maybe you're not a Christian today. But we can all declare we receive our root joy in Jesus's coming, if we want to today, and then dying in our place, coming back to life to give us a future with him. I'm going to pray before the band closes us out with two songs. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for giving us just a reason to have joy, this everlasting joy, no matter what our circumstances, this joy that knowing that you came to make a relationship right between us and God, and that we can forever have that relationship right. And then, God, joy knowing that one day we'll be in peace with you. God, I just pray that that's something that sticks with us this season. And then, God, I pray that that's something that others are able to witness and see. We ask that you help us model that well. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.